first word of grace. The first promise given to a fallen humanity that one would be born of the woman. The seed of the woman would come and would crush the serpent's head. In the midst of sin, in the pronouncement of death, you see there was gospel. There was, there was good news. So in the midst of judgment in the beginning, the Lord gave a promise of a seed that would bring deliverance from sin and death and Satan himself. A passage we didn't even look at tonight, but is in fact in the traditional lessons and carols outline. The next story we would have read was Genesis chapter 22. We passed over it tonight for the sake of time, but I'll mention it here. You remember the story of Genesis 22. Abraham had been waiting and waiting and waiting for a promised son, an offspring. And in time, God fulfilled that promise and gave him a son, Isaac. And then God came to Abraham and said to Abraham, take, take the son whom you love, your only son, and take him to the mountain that I will show you and offer him there as sacrifice. And you remember how the story goes. As Adam or as Abraham is, is obeying the word of the Lord, God intervenes and God provides a substitute. And the substitute takes Isaac's place. And so a ram that was caught in the thicket was placed upon the altar and Isaac was spared. It's a prophecy. It tells us of something that is yet to come. As we run ahead in the Old Testament, we came to Isaiah. Isaiah uh, Coming some 700 years before the arrival of Jesus in Bethlehem. And in Isaiah 9, we heard how God was going to establish a king from the dynasty of David. And he would be seated upon the throne forever. And he would be called the Prince of Peace. And we read Isaiah chapter 11 to get just a snapshot, a glimpse of the kind of kingdom over which this king would rule and we saw how glorious it is that he would establish a kingdom where justice and righteousness are upheld. We saw a perfect kingdom where, where the fall is, is being overturned and one day we will worship God as we ought and dwell in perfect peace. And then in Micah we saw, we saw that the source of our peace is actually the person and the work of this kingly Messiah. He would be born according to promise, we were told. He, he would shepherd his people and ru his rule would extend to the ends of the earth. And all those who belong to him shall dwell in perfect peace because, my friends, because Christ himself is our peace. But as we read scripture together, we saw not only the, the prophecies of the incarnation, we also read of the history of the incarnation. We looked at several passages in the New Testament, particularly in the Gospel of Luke. We read the history of the incarnation. You understand that Luke is not recounting or, or making up a legendary tale. He doesn't think that he's writing religious myth. He consulted eyewitnesses and compiled 
their accounts to put together an orderly account of the life and the ministry of Jesus Christ. And and Luke 1 and 2, we, we meet the main characters of the story. We we read about Gabriel and, and Jesus' mother Mary. But of course, the greatest actor on the stage of history it, it, it are not any of those characters. The greatest character of all is the Lord of heaven and earth. The one who enters onto the stage of history and does what no man could do. You understand that I'll put it this way, that that, that the incarnation is an indictment upon the human race. The incarnation of the Son of God is an indictment upon the human race. It declares and verifies that we could not produce a Redeemer of our own. That we could not lift ourselves out of the pit of sin that we were in. Even the best, think about the Old Testament story. What's one of the things the Old Testament uh, validates again and again and again? It is this, that even the best of Israel's leaders were moral failures who themselves needed a redeemer. And so in the fullness of time, God the Father sent forth his son and he was conceived in the womb of the Virgin Mary. Conceived by the Holy Spirit, as we thought about this morning. You see, the triune God takes center stage to provide a Redeemer in the Son of God and to redeem those who were utterly helpless to redeem themselves. And you see what Luke is intentionally doing throughout his gospel. He is grounding this story, this truth of the incarnation in the deep soil of human history. As we read these accounts, I want you to also see we've not only read the prophecies and the history of the Incarnation, we have also been confronted by the truth of the Incarnation. John, in his Gospel, as he tells us about the Word made flesh, dear friends, he he confronts you and I with this truth. He He doesn't separate the Jesus of history from the Christ of faith. He confronts you. With the Lord of glory, the second person of the Trinity, the Word made flesh. And here we see that this isn't just prophecy, this isn't just history. It is the truth about the living God entering into time and space to redeem a people for himself through his Son. You see, I think we're meant to learn in John 1 that, that, that the Son of God, in those verses, the Son of God became what he eternally was not, a man. While he remained eternally what he was and eternally is, God. So that that all who trust in him have a mediator between sinful man and holy God. He who was without sin became sin for us in order that we might become the righteousness of God. He who is the the light of the world entered into the darkness of this world to drive away our darkness and to bring us into the light. He who was poor, as we sang about this morning, or he who was eternally rich became poor in order that from his poverty we, we might become rich. And most of all, what we need to understand 
As he who was eternally blessed by the Father was willing to become a curse so that you and I might be eternally blessed. You see, Christ, he, he bridged the gap between sinful man and holy God. And he did it by living the life that all of us have utterly failed to live. And he did it by dying the death that we all deserve. So that, see, through faith in Christ, as we cast ourselves upon him and believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ, we might enjoy and experience full acceptance with God, forgiveness with God, and new and and everlasting life. So you see, John wants us to know that beyond the prophecy and the history is the truth of the incarnation that confronts each and every one of us. He, He wants you to know that this truth, it demands a response. When you look at the Bible from beginning to end, it tells one grand story and unlike Legendary tales that we may hear this time of the year. This one is true. And and when you read the Bible, unlike those fanciful tales, my friends, you can't just put the story away and forget about it. Because if this story is true, it changes everything. And this story, it, it calls for a response. It calls for faith. It calls for worship. It calls for your life. And so tonight, I want to simply ask you some some questions this Christmas Eve that I really hope you'll ask yourself and think about. Do Do you believe this gospel story? Do you believe that all of the prophecies of God are fulfilled in the person and in the life of Jesus Christ? Do do you believe that the triune God has acted in history in order to redeem his people through uh, the Son of God? Do Do you believe this true story about the Word made flesh? Because again, unlike other Christmas tales that we're used to hearing, this story really happened. And we need to understand that this story, it demands a response It demands, calls for faith. It calls for adoration, for awe. It calls for a life given to God. Let's pray together. Gracious God and Father, we thank you for the story of redemption given to us in your word. We thank you for the prophecies of the incarnation, how for centuries you spoke of the coming Messiah And we thank you that he has come to deliver and redeem us from sin and Satan and death. And we thank you that these stories are true. Lord, we pray tonight that as we thank you for this story, we would respond tonight with faith and worship. That we would respond in obedience to the gospel and give our lives to you in faith and wonder and love and praise. And we ask this all for Jesus' sake. Amen.